continue this series in Ephesians, we are looking to building a new you. I thought it was important to remind you where we started here, because we're in roughly week 15, and we are getting close to the end. We are in chapter 5 now, building a new you. God is building a new you. He is growing you into a better you, one which is more like Christ. We also continue with this idea of are you fashionable? This will be the third week, but we transition to a new idea from this idea this morning as we dig deeper into Ephesians and we see Paul talking to these Christians, these Christ followers, these possibly newer believers or more more immature believers to tell them how are they supposed to live? How are they supposed to act? How are they supposed to be seen or show themselves to the non-believers in that area? we learned that they're supposed to strip off the old clothes of the Gentiles, futile or in their, in their knowledge, dark, darkened in their knowledge, and they're supposed to put on the new. And we related that to being practical versus fashionable. Well, today we're going to move forward from that idea. We need to strip off the old self, put on the new self, a better self, one which is more like God, more like Christ, one which is holy and true, And we see how to do this by imitating God. Let's read from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 to 21 here. And if you can see it on the screen, great. If not, please follow along in the Bible in front of you. As we read, we see this. Therefore, therefore, again, he's connecting everything he said in this letter to this point. He says, therefore, because we're putting off the old, putting on the new, new in Christ, therefore, be imitators of God. We're going to talk a lot about that today. Be imitators of God as beloved children. That's who we are. We are God's beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. There's an example for us of how we are to walk in love. And we have this great idea here that as Christ gave himself up for us, this was a fragrant offering, a good offering and a sacrifice to God. But But now he's showing the contrary here, the opposite. But sexual immorality and all impurity of covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Remember, saints means to be set apart. We are believers in Christ, followers of Christ, as those who have trusted in him as Lord and Savior. And we are set apart from the world's ways. He goes on. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. We're not going to focus a lot on these descriptors today because I think they're pretty obvious, self-explanative, self-explaining. But maybe later today, you might want to read through these and compare them to your daily walk, your daily life. We we read on, but let me say that again. Verse 4 of chapter 5, if you're just catching up, let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Verse 7, therefore... Therefore, again, because of these things, because of what you just read, therefore, why I just told you, do not become partners with them. For one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. 
Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Try to discern. That means to try and, to try and decide, to try and analyze, to try and figure out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Notice it doesn't say, do not take too much part in darkness. It says, do not take any part in darkness. But instead, expose them. Expose them. Shine light upon them. Light up the darkness. Light reveals, darkness conceals. Don't allow people to be in that darkness concealing the sin, concealing the damage of it, the darkness of it, the hurtfulness of it. Let's read on verse 12. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Thank you for following along with me, and I hope you maybe underlined some things, circled some things, highlighted some things, made some little notes, or maybe you're one of those ones that doesn't like to make notes in your Bible. That's okay too, but hopefully you made some notes in your mind then. In fact, I recently found out that my father-in-law, who I look greatly up to as a spiritual mentor in my life, um, he, he stopped taking notes in church, and he was always a huge note taker, but he just he just realized that he doesn't remember as much of the sermon if he's taking notes and he feels like he misses parts. So it's okay not to take notes. It is. I encourage you to because I think some of you and myself included, we need to take notes as it helps us to stay awake. You know who you are. I just admitted I need to take notes or I fall asleep, even to my own sermons or to my brother's sermons. But as we move forward here today, we are talking about being imitators of God. And as I said, we, we're still kind of talking about the idea, grasping all this idea. First, God is building a new you. And secondly, being fat, not being fashionable, but practical. Or as we're being practical, we can be fashionable. But our fashions, our trends, how we behave, how we dress, how we act, how we speak, how we think, it should all be characterized by God's ways, not the world's ways. And that's where we get this new idea of Paul. Instead of talking about stripping off the old, putting on the new clothes, we are now talking about imitating God. Like I said, it's somewhat related, somewhat the same, but a little bit different. We are all imitators of something. Sometimes posers, but always imitators. I wonder how many of you know that term, I'm going to talk about it more here in a moment, but some of us are posers, not just imitators. From an early age, though, we imitate people. 
I've got a little sermon illustration here I picked up at the Cracker Barrel. Some of you guys know the Cracker Barrel. I love Cracker Barrel. We went there several times on our trip to Ohio this week. I had to buy this when my wife wasn't looking because she probably would have said, why are you buying a cheap magnifying glass from Cracker Barrel? But what a great illustration for this week that we, like, like using magnifying glasses, we are always looking to other people, to other things, to other worldly things as we analyze everyone and everything to decide who are we going to be. We'll talk about that more in a moment, but from an early age, I think about my baby there and my kids there, my other babies you think of your family from an early age. We look to our moms, our dads, our sisters, and brothers as we decide, as we learn, as we discern, how are we to live? We imitate our families in speech, in dress, in actions, and then we learn how to eat and how to drink by imitating those who are teaching us. Once we get a little bit older, and this is where sometimes the problems start to begin, hopefully the problems didn't already begin before this, but as we get older, we start to imitate our friends or other people who maybe we see some qualities in which we wish we had. And sometimes these are bad things to imitate. Sometimes they're good. Maybe it's their choice of music. Maybe it's new trends and style. Maybe it's how they speak or sometimes how they think. I think of a a boy who I had as a youth pastor, and I just loved, loved teaching this guy. He was just so smart and so challenged by everything. He was on fire for Christ. But then he got involved with the wrong crowd in, in high school, and he started imitating their ways of thinking when it came to homosexuality and abortion and, and other worldly thoughts. And he started going to the courthouse square and protesting, rioting for people's freedom of choice in these matters, their body, their choice, those type of things. Sometimes we imitate bad things. And eventually we imitate others as well. We move on from imitating our family to imitating our friends to now we get older and we're looking to the world. We're looking to other people who have influence over us. Maybe it's our teachers or mentors. Maybe it's a favorite sports player or a musician. Maybe it's other people. And some of these are good. Some of them are bad. Maybe it's a football coach or a basketball coach or a cross-country coach. And some of these coaches have great impact upon people's lives and they challenge them for the good. But we need to be careful who we're using our magnifying glasses on, who we're imitating, who we're analyzing, who we're looking to, because there's a problem with the magnifying glass. It can be used for good to read the words in our Bible, to make it easier to see the words that God has given us, but it can also be used for bad. You see, it can be used for good to read a book. It can be used for good to, to analyze a piece of jewelry or electronic equipment to fix something. But it can also be, at, be used to set fires to paper and to burn insects, to burn ants. Come on, I know I did that as a kid. I know my kids came to me recently and were asking for a magnifying glass because they wanted to try and set some fires. I didn't have one at the time, and now this is staying locked up in my safe in my office. You see, the problem is this. Sometimes as we use our metaphorical magnifying glasses in our life, we set fires to our life. And instead of using our magnifying glasses, our eyes that God's given us to be able to analyze his ways, 
We analyze the world's ways too much and we apply the wrong principles to our life. We're called to be imitators of God. You know, we're also called, as we imitate God, to show other people God who lives within us, which begs us to ask the question, who are we imitating anyways? Who are we showing God to in our lives? Who do people most see? Who are you looking at with your magnifying glass of eyeballs to analyze and be more like? Are you doing a good job or a bad job at imitating God? Are you reading the fine print of the holy word of God and applying it to your life with these magnifying glasses? Or are you setting fires in your life and creating havoc? Paul here in Ephesians chapter 5 moves forward to help explain what does it look like to imitate God. And he gives us a few examples. Paul moves forward with a new idea, a new way of speaking, a new life, newness in Christ. He says, therefore, because of all these things that I've been telling you, knowing all this, putting on the new self looks like being imitators of God. He says, be imitators of God in Ephesians 5.1. And then Paul's going to go next into explaining what does this look like? What does this mean? But first, let's talk. Because we need to know there's a difference between imitating God and being a poser. Now, some of you laugh, and I do too a little bit as I say that, because it just sounds funny to be a poser. But when I was in middle school and high school, there was a popular saying, a very meaningful and bad saying, really, but they would say, don't be such a poser. Patrick, don't be a poser. And I had to look up the meaning just to make sure I was saying this right. But a poser means to be a person who just acts a certain way, to impress someone. We must be genuine. We must be true. Don't just act a certain way to impress someone, but truly be transformed, renewed in your mind, in your actions, in your thoughts, in everything you do. Be true. Be genuine. Don't just act a certain way to impress somebody. I think too often we're not acting like children of God to be more like God. Maybe we are just being posers as we're trying to impress a friend as we're trying to impress our moms, our dads, our brothers, our sisters, or our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're posing as Christians on Sunday morning, but who do we imitate the rest of our week? We must be genuine. Genuinely imitate God, it says, as the beloved children of his that we are. And we're going to see, Paul here tells us three ways to do this. Now, There is many more ways we could dissect here, but getting through this in one day, we're focusing on three ways. We are going to focus on starting with walking in love. We imitate God by walking in love. Number two, we're going to be in imitating God by walking in light. And number three, we imitate God by walking in wisdom. All three of these ways of imitating God are straight from Scripture here in Ephesians chapter 5. We imitate God... By walking in love, light, and wisdom. There are many other ways to imitate God. Please look to God's word and see all these things. He gives us so many ways to live, breathe, and die. So many ways to physically walk, emotionally walk, and spiritually walk. These are just what we look to today. Imitate God. Walk in love. Again, don't be a poser. Don't just act a certain way to impress somebody. But truly figure out what does it mean to be transformed 
and be genuine in this way. Starting with, we can walk in love. As we walk like the father does and how he provides for his children or a mother. If we want to compare it to our own lives, we can see how our mothers and our, our fathers, how they provide for us. But then you can also look to the Father God and see how he provides for us. He provided Christ for us when we had no other way for true forgiveness, for forever forgiveness. We needed Jesus. We can also look to walk in love as we look to the Son, as we look to Jesus. And that's immediately where Paul goes here. Paul describes Jesus as walk in love as he sacrificially loved us and died for us upon that cross. He did this so that we could have the possibility of repentance, turning away from sin, asking forgiveness of sins, trusting in him forevermore and having life, having hope, having a place reserved for us in heaven. Christ's walk was a sacrificial walk of love, and ours should be too. We walk in love in three ways, though. We love the Savior. We love God. We love the saint, our brothers and sisters in Christ. But we also love the sinners. We love God, and we love all his people. And I think Paul was so enthralled, he was so excited about this idea of walking in love that he just immediately went to Christ because he was so appreciative. Actually, I wrote down three reasons he went straight to talking about Christ here. One, first of all, all these are because it's what the world needs, I wrote down. One, maybe you have a hard time thinking how to be imitators of God the Father. Well, he gives us this great illustration to imitate Christ and you'll also be imitating God. Two, he also may start with this example of walking in love as Christ walked in love sacrificially for us because he had such great appreciation for Christ's sacrifice that it just naturally comes up in all of his speech and all of he does, which begs us to ask ourselves, how often does Christ's sacrifice come up in our daily talk, our daily walk? How much do we just naturally start talking to somebody about love and then naturally just start saying, wow, you know, the greatest example of love I've ever seen, I've ever heard of, I've ever experienced is the love of God through Christ Jesus, my Lord. Do you love and appreciate your salvation? Well, let's speak of it. Finally, third, I wrote down, Paul may go first here to Christ's sacrifice because he knows his audience and what they needed to hear, what we all need to hear. He knows the culture that they live in and that we still live in today. The ways Paul says to live here are contrary, opposite to what we're about to read. Please look back down in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3, as he describes some contrary ways of living to the Christian faith. These are ways which we need to look to our own lives and say, how are we living? He says, sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. I underline thanksgiving because I, I just personally feel we need to do a lot more of thanksgiving and a lot less of complaining. We are so blessed with our lives today and what we have. Verse 5, though, he goes on, he says, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. 
Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. Some of these things sound awfully harsh. Some of these things sound like, wow, there's a lot of focus here on the sexual immoral, the sexual impure. There's a lot of focus here on certain things. Well, I think apparently these things are things which he knows are either happening in their lives or are all around them in Ephesus in this area. It's things which Paul knows they are tempted to, but I also think the world has not changed much. There's nothing new under the sun, and we all still struggle with these things today. So it's important for us to see these ways of living are not ways which honor and glorify God. They're not ways which imitate God. We need to walk in love. All three ways of walking, being imitators of God, help us to combat unholy ways of living. All three of these ways also help others come out of sin. Think about it. Think about as we walk in love, as we walk in light, as we walk in wisdom, how they help us to combat all these negative things. The more we walk in his light, the more we walk in light of his wisdom and his word and of his love, we recognize how terrible this other way of living is. And we don't want any part of that. But also the more we walk this way, the more we imitate God, the more we help other people to also see the wrongfulness of their ways and come out of sin as well. But notice one more thing, and I referenced it earlier before we move on to number two. Notice the love of Christ. His sacrificial love is said to be a very fragrant that means it's a good smelling, an offering to God's sacrifice, which also means to me that we can think of our own sacrificial love and think about how fragrant that is to God. Every time God sees us sacrificially loving others, humbly loving others, it's a good fragrance to him. Number two, as we move forward, we see imitating God. To imitate God, we walk in light. We walk in light. We've seen that we are no longer to be walking in darkness. We do not belong in the darkness. We are told that we are children of light, verse 8. This means that we now walk according to the truths found in his ways, his word, and obey the Holy Spirit guiding us, helping us, teaching us, convicting us. No longer the ways of this world. This also means that we are to live in Christ's light in a way that others see the light through us so that they may see the wrongdoing the wrongfulness of their actions, the sins. Remember, light reveals, darkness conceals. Pastor Tony Evans out of Texas used this illustration. He says, speaking of reflecting the light of Christ, he refers to the shapes of the moon. And we've used this idea before that we're not the sun. Jesus Christ is the sun. God is the sun. We are like the moon in that we are reflecting the light of sun for all of creation to see. But he uses this idea as he says, Christians are not to be crescent-mooned Christians. They're not to be those little toenail moons. He says, no, instead, Christians are to be full-moon Christians, reflecting the fullness of his light, his love, his wisdom. You see, we cannot reflect his light if we're not living by his light. We cannot reflect his light unless we are living in his light. Paul says not to take any part in the darkness, but instead expose these things. Use the light of Christ reflecting off of you 
to shine light into the darkness in a, such a dark and cruel world so that they can see there's a different way, there's a better way. You see, our responsibility as Christ followers is to expose the sinfulness of the world and show them the love and forgiveness available through acceptance of Christ Jesus as Lord. In a world which they're looking, they're searching for any other way, we need to show them there is but one way to eternal life. There is but one way to heaven. There is but one way to true joy, one way to true hope. And that's through the acceptance of Christ Jesus as Lord. And in order to do that, it's not just saying, Jesus, let me into your heaven. But saying, Jesus, please forgive me of my own sins. Jesus, please forgive me and help me to turn around and do a 180 and walk in your ways, trusting you to lead me, to guide me into everlasting life. Number three, we are to discern what pleases God. We imitate God in wisdom. By walking in wisdom, we do not walk in the evil ways listed in verse 3 to 7. We do not even begin to partner with them. We do not walk in darkness anymore, but light. We walk not in the futility of our minds, as chapter 4 said. We do not walk dumb to the righteous ways of God, but we walk in wisdom because we've been given the Holy Spirit into our lives. And we now have understanding of his word and of his ways. We are new and we need to act new. We need to discern, decide, understand, analyze, use your, mic, your, your microphones, use your magnifying glasses to decide what truly pleases God in his will. Imitate God and be wise. You see, God through his word, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, even through his creation, is showing you his beloved children how to live. Yes, even looking to creation, we can see how we're to live in trusting him to provide everything we need. But how do we walk in wisdom when we don't look to his wisdom? How do we walk in wisdom when we look to so many other things before we look in God's word? We need to focus on his word and he will reveal his will. He will reveal what is most important to us. Walk in wisdom equals to live our lives in accordance with biblical truth. To walk in wisdom, let me say that again, to walk in wisdom means to live our lives according to biblical truth. And you can't live according to biblical truth if you don't open your Bible and see what biblical truth is. Just as a, in order to know what weather is coming, you look to the, ex the expert and you turn on the weather channel, we need to open the word of God and see how we're to live according to the expert that he is, creator of the universe, your father in heaven. If we desire to know God's will, we must go into God's word. If we desire to know God's will, we must go into God's word. We must every day be looking into his word and asking the Holy Spirit to help us in understanding and in application. When you hear that, we need to ask not just for understanding, but also application because some of these things are hard for our sinful, our sinful selves, our prideful selves to give in to. Because some of these things we don't want to do. We don't want to love sacrificially at times. We don't want to forgive others at times. We don't want to not be spiteful at times. Sometimes we want to keep remembering the sins which have been made against us. And not show people that forgiveness, that love that they need. Let's read this section once more. Verse 15 on. Verse 15 says... Look carefully then how you walk, 
not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. There's a lot of searching in the world today and in the Christian community today upon how are we to live? How are we to know what is right? How are we to know what's wrong? How are we to know the will of God? I know as a teenager, I was picking up every single book I can to decide how, what is the will of God? How am I supposed to know what I'm supposed to do with my life? But so often we pick up, pick up every other book, listen to every other podcast, listen to every pastor we can think of. When what God really wants us to do is just look to his word and ask the spirit for understanding and application. Let him guide you. We spend so much time seeking ways to live when we yet to live according to the very ways of God, which we just read. We just read a whole list of them in verses 3 to 7, and I would say that we still all struggle with certain items there. We don't get it all right. We need to focus on these things. Do not be foolish by misusing the time God blesses you with. And finally, in verses 18 to 21, as we wrap up the scripture reading, it, it gives further instructions to our walk by stating these things. If you still have your Bibles open, look down with me. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now we have these additional thinkings after knowing we're filled with the Spirit. Comma, being filled with the Spirit, which we all should be as believers in Christ, address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, for him. I find it interesting that Paul starts immediately after saying, be imitators of God. He talks about Christ's sacrificial love, and then he wraps up this section by bringing attention again to submit to one another. And as we submit to one another, that's a sacrifice. That's humble. It's hard but he says, submitting to one another out of the reverence for Christ. We remember him. We love him. We appreciate him. We respect him. Doing all these things, though, is not enough. As we also see from this final section of scripture, we're not to do it alone. We need to do it together. It says, addressing one another in Psalms. That means each other, all of us together as the body of Christ, as his church, we come together as imitators of God, together as one church, as one body of Christ. We sing together, we praise him together, we thank him together for the many blessings that he gives us. Therefore, Paul makes it known, therefore, Paul makes it known that we who walk in the spirit are also to be encouraging one another with spiritual songs, worship, praising God together for all of his blessings, friends, we have all been blessed greatly in our lives. How are we worshiping God together for those things? And I don't mean just on a Sunday morning. I mean every single day of our lives. And I know I can, take, I can work on this better. I know there's many times where, I'll, I'll just give credit to my, my daughters, my son. They're singing around the kitchen table. They're singing around the house praise songs. And maybe grumpy dad at times. Can you just stop singing for a moment? I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to work, whatever it is. But we can learn a lot from our kids. 
Because we should be praising God together every single day of our lives, not just at church on Sunday mornings or Wednesday night, not just at vacation Bible school that one week of a year, but every single day when we come together, we should be reminding people of spiritual things of God. Finally, as we close, I have just a few more final applications, which I'll try to breathe through here. One, Christians must not be like the world. This is where I wish I would have changed my writing to white. But if you can read it there, Christians must not be like the world. Too often the church of Christ wants to blend in and be like the world. Too often we are not imitators of God as we should be. We do not rightfully walk in the love of Christ, the light of Christ, and the wisdom of God. Too often the church blends in when we should be shining examples of a different way of living, a better way of living, a righteous and holy way of living. So we need to make a pledge. That's my final application. Make a pledge together, not alone, but together in prayer, we make a pledge to be on mission. Be on mission all the time. Be on mission every single day of our lives. Be on mission, but not your own mission, not for your own purposes but be on mission for God. Be imitators of God. Don't stop reflecting the light of Christ in anything you do. Don't even partner, the word says. Don't even start to slip into the darkness. Don't even give the darkness a chance to take away the light from your life. That right there is one reason why we, speak, we sing spiritual songs, we pray together, we serve together, we study the word of God together. Because together we help to point out when somebody is starting to slip into darkness and we remind them to step into the light. We remind them of the right way to live according to God's ways. Our mission requires being different. And that's okay. Because we know the hope that comes in being different than the world. Christians, by our very lives, convict sin. And that's a good thing. As John MacArthur said, the Christian has no greater calling than to imitate God. How are you doing this today? How, are you, how did you do this week? Maybe there's some things that happened this week that you need to ask forgiveness for and you need to seek to turn around because you realize I was not imitating God well when I lost my temper here. I was not imitating God well when, when I wouldn't show forgiveness to this person, when I wouldn't show love to this neighbor, when I wouldn't show love to this waiter or waitress, which didn't serve me as well as I expected to be served. And maybe some of these are little things to you, but the little things add up. How are we imitating God in the little things as well as the big things? Let's pledge together today in prayer to get back on mission. And as we do these things, we pray individually and we pray together for the church, the universal church, to get back on mission. Pray for the spirit to fill the church with the wisdom and boldness needed to proclaim his truth and to shine forth his light, wisdom, and love in everything we do. We pray for revival within the church and the world because we know that the church and the world needs revival. We all need continual revival in all we do. And don't misunderstand me. We are saved once by grace. We are saved once by faith. But continually, every single day, we need to be reminded to turn away from the things of this world and walk in love, walk in light, walk in wisdom. 
And then finally, make a pledge together today in prayer to get back on mission. We do it daily and together. We worship, we pray, we serve together, which is that final little challenge for you. Think about your life. Are there ways which maybe you could add to your life to worship together more, to pray together more, to serve God and each other together more? You can never over-worship God. You can never overly pray to God. You can never overly serve him and his people. Walk in love, light, and wisdom. One final illustration I found here was by doing these things, we fill each other up. Just at at a fuel station, you fill up your car's gas tank to full. Our spiritual fuel tanks may be filled to full when we worship, pray, and serve God together as he so desires. Are you feeling full today? Maybe we need to do a little bit more. Maybe we need to ask God for help in this way. Are you following in his steps? Are you imitating God? Are you imitating Christ? Are you looking to his word to see how to do this? Are you looking to his people? Because you should be able to look to brothers and sisters in Christ and see God, see how you imitate. Are you walking in love? Are you walking in light? Are you walking in wisdom? If not, I invite you to come together today in your seats or forward here at the, at the stage. And just bow down in prayer and commit your lives to him. I'll be up here. The deacons who are here can come forward as well. Let's pray together for these things. If you've never accepted Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, if you've, maybe you just feel like you've been posing. You're just acting. But now you want to genuinely turn your life over to him. Do it today. August 22nd, 2021. Make this the day that you truly, genuinely Accept Christ as Lord and imitate God forevermore. Christians, are you following him as you feel you should? Or maybe you need to recommit your life to him a little bit more as well. Maybe you need to seek forgiveness for your recent actions, for your recent thoughts, for your recent words. Come together and let's pray together. Let's pray now. And we're going to close with a song. But as we close with this song, I encourage you, I'm going to be up here. And if you want somebody to pray with, And deacons, please come forward too. Let's pray together. Worship band, as I pray, I just ask you to come forward. Please bow your heads and let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for you are good. Even though we are not, Lord, even though we are sinful, prideful, selfish human beings, and we often get more things wrong than we get right, we thank you that you are always right, Lord. We thank you for you are good, And you openly share your goodness, your blessings with us every single day of our lives. We thank you, Lord, for you gave us Jesus, your one and only son. Yet while we are sinners so that we might have life. And Lord, all we need to do is call upon the name of Jesus. Ask forgiveness of our sins and trust in him as Lord. And we might be saved and have a place in heaven with you. Lord, we ask you today to help us be imitators of you, Lord. May your Holy Spirit light up our darkness so that we might see the wrongfulness of our ways. More and more each day, may we become more and more like you and less of me. We want to be like Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Please stand and join us. Let's sing How Great.